Hello, and thank you for listening to the Zoom Through the Bible podcast. My name is Andrew Cabani, and I just wanted to pop on here. I don't get a chance to address the podcast specifically, but this is a little bit of a different or unique uh, lesson that we had this week. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I forgot to hit the record button at the start of our lesson this week. And what we did this week is we looked back at the book of James, which we just finished in the Zoom through the Bible study. And we looked forward to the book of 1 Corinthians, which is where we are going to be going next. And so what we're hearing here is we missed the looking back at the book of James, and but we do have the preview for 1 Corinthians, which I felt was really important. So we mixed that together with this little intro, and we're going to have it as a its own podcast. So I hope that you enjoy it as we get ready to start the book of 1 Corinthians. Also, don't forget, this coming week, Easter week, we will be having our Zoom Through the Bible uh, lesson on Friday for Good Friday. It'll be a special Good Friday uh, lesson, and then after that, we'll pick up in the book of First Corinthians. And since we're talking directly to our podcast audience, you know, don't forget subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Um, we would appreciate that as we continue to just try to get the word of God out in any way possible. Thanks so much, y'all. Hope you enjoy it. Well, now it's time to turn the page, and I mentioned we are going to go into the book of First Corinthians. I'm really excited about looking into this book. It's obviously a little bit longer. It's about three times as long as the book of James. So uh, it took us, you know, roughly five weeks to get through the book of James. It wouldn't surprise me if it took us about 90 days, um, maybe a little bit less than that to get through the book of First Corinthians. But I'm down if you guys are. If you'll stick with me, we'll try to make it entertaining and we'll get through it. But there's so much stuff in the book of First Corinthians that I'm so excited to, to cover. There's, 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 I, I picked out three to talk about tonight. And obviously, we'll dig even further into them when we get to these portions of 1 Corinthians. But there's a lot to choose from in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians has the love scriptures, you know, those scriptures that are that are told at every single wedding. They were at my wedding. Every wedding you've probably ever been to, the, those um, those scriptures are, 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 are stated. Um, it has scriptures about how the church should conduct itself, how we as Christians should handle the freedom and the grace that God gives us uh, versus uh, gives us individually versus how we should handle that in the light of an unsaved world. Uh, those are tricky things to kind of talk about. There's a lot going on in the book of first Corinthians, but I'm, I just picked out three uh, quick things to talk about uh, just as we give a little bit of a preview as what we're looking at. And the first one's going to be right. The first thing that we cover in the book of first Corinthians, it's first uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 18. Uh, it says this, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I love this scripture because it's such a, it's such a yin and a yang, right? There's such a dichotomy here, right? It's the idea of the cross and the cross to me means salvation. It's, it's the whole power of God, as it's stated here, as Paul talks about here in the book of first Corinthians. Uh, it's the power, it's the whole power of God. Uh, but to those who aren't saved, those who are perishing, as the scripture says here, it's foolishness. And so for something for the follower of Christ to be such elevated to such a high level, and for the unsaved world 
to be such a, a foolish level. There's such a dichotomy there that's just so interesting. And I can't wait to really dig dig deep into that as we as we jump into the book of First Corinthians. But if you think about it, um, the cross is a, a method of execution. That's what it is. I mean, we hang it on our walls. We put it on, we put it on our on our bodies as jewelry. We tattoo it on our bodies as followers of Christ. We we hold it up as something to to keep us mindful of of our God and what He's done for us. But it, it, it is a means of execution. It, it's almost, could you imagine having a, a little beautiful gold trinket that is an electric chair hanging around your neck? You know, could you, could you imagine putting a gallows on your, on your wall um, to, to hang up over all your family pictures? And at the very top, there's a gallows hanging over the top of it. Like that's, that's essentially what the cross is, right? It's a means of execution. And that's sort of the start of the dichotomy where the unsaved world maybe doesn't really understand. And, and it's so much of that dichotomy is a lot of the reason why there's negative discourse often around the, the power of the cross. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it that. It is the power of God, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. That is to say that the message of the, cro- of the cross People hearing the message of the cross or what we would call the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is power in that. Why? It's because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. When people hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the mechanism that can allow people to have the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, come and indwell in God's people. There is power there. There is immense power in the message of of the cross. And it is something that as we go into this Easter season, that we should keep on, on the, on the tips of our tongues, on the, on the front of our minds to know that we are indwelled with the power of the Holy spirit because of our faith and what Jesus Christ did on that cross. It's pretty cool scriptures. I'm really excited as we dig into that. All right. Uh, number two, the second thing that we have from the book of first Corinthians is found in chapter 11. And that is verses 23 through 26, which is known as the the Lord's Supper passages. Uh, Many a church will use these scriptures whenever it's time to take communion as a church. Um, And I have those for us. Let's read those together real quick. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. I'm really, really excited. Uh, the next time that we meet, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about this as we close out, but the next time that we meet on Zoom, we're going to take communion together. And I'm really excited. We're going to read these scriptures and we're going to take communion, the actual elements of communion, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And we're going to take those together as a study. And I'm really, really excited about that. Communion is such a special uh, part of the Christian life. And sometimes it's actually um, trivialized trivialized into just this this ceremony that we have or or might maybe just this thing that we do out of like repetition uh in, in in certain ways but taking communion is a beautiful thing and an opportunity for us to reflect on where we are with God and who God has called us to be 
and the sins that maybe are getting in the way of that and an opportunity to refresh and renew ourselves in God in that moment. And, and as you see here, where it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. For as long as Christians are taking communion, we're telling the world that Jesus is still coming, right? From a scripture standpoint, for as often as we are, st- if there are Christians that are still taking communion, then Jesus is still working and he's still making his way back in, right? It's our way of telling the unsaved world that Jesus is coming and proclaiming uh, that message of the cross and what he did in our lives. And so when we dig into this, we'll actually dig into the Passover meal. We'll talk a little bit about the different elements. And the one thing that I'll just sort of uh, mention here is, is the part where he says that he took the cup. The cup is, is actually has a name. Everything has a name. This was the Passover meal, and it was very important. Everything was ceremonial. But the cup that Jesus took is called the cup of redemption. And the reason that's interesting, where, although it just seems like a few a few uh, words here, it says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. And you're like, okay, cool. So they went into the cabinet and he grabbed a cup. No, this was a cup that was placed out on the, on, um, the Passover meal that was never touched. All those good Jewish boys who had been taking the Passover meal their entire life to that point, they always knew that, you know, mom or dad, they put out the they put out the cup of redemption. It was there to remind them that God would redeem his people one day. It was there as a symbolic thing for them to see in their Passover meal, but nobody ever touched it. And then Jesus reached over. Just think of the power of God reaching over and grabbing that cup of redemption and saying, here is my cup of a new covenant built on my blood that would be spilled. Uh, amazing goosebump stuff, right? Like if you're, if you're sitting there at that Passover meal and you see God reach over and say, okay, I'm here. I'm here to fulfill everything that God laid out in the old Testament. It's going to be fulfilled in me. Just such a cool, cool thing, right? Mic job. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. And so the last one here, as we, as we wrap this down, the last thing to look at in the book of First Corinthians is going to be found in chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. Let's, uh, let's pull that up to read together. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. That is, in this chapter, Paul talks about how important it is that Jesus had to rise from the dead. That, and, and if you if you really want to dig into the difference between our faith in Jesus Christ, our religion, our Christian religion, as compared to any other religion uh, that is, is out there in the rest of the world, the difference is, is that our Christ, our Messiah, he lives. He lives to this day. Death did not defeat him. Uh, Every other religion, um, their messianic figures are all dead. Death death took them, uh, not ours. Death could not take our savior. And so what makes our faith so, so powerful and so different is that Jesus Christ himself defeated death. Uh, Just a quick thing that, and we'll we'll dig into this, obviously it's going to be a few weeks before we get to chapter 15, but um, as, as sort of a preview to that, I grabbed some, some notes uh, from that section uh, that we'll look at there. And, and it really is sort of a step-by-step thing. So I'll just read it to you. It says, it says, if there's no principle of resurrection, then Jesus did not rise from the dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then death has power over him and defeated him. 
If death has power over Jesus, he's not God. If Jesus is not God, he cannot offer a complete sacrifice for sins. If Jesus cannot offer a complete sacrifice for sins, our sins are not completely paid for before God. If my sins are not completely paid for before God, then I am still in my sins. Therefore, if Jesus is not risen, he's unable to save. And so the idea is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what we're about to, to celebrate here in a couple of weeks on Easter Sunday, that resurrection of Jesus, it's not the most important day of the year for Christians just because it's the highest attended church service of the year. It's, it's the most important day for Christians because it is the bedrock of what our faith is, is that our God uh, defeated death and got out of that tomb and rose again on the third day. And if you think about it based off of what I just read to you, but it's the idea that in order for Christ to be the mechanism to pull us into the lifeboat of salvation for us to be able to live forever, he has to be in the lifeboat himself. He can't just catapult us out of the water into the lifeboat and just throw us in there while he hasn't defeated it himself, while he's not safely in the lifeboat himself. He has to be in the lifeboat to pull us into the lifeboat. So he has to have defeated death himself to give us eternal life. And so it's the bedrock of our salvation. And as we go into this Easter season, I'm really excited to to talk more and more about that um, because uh, Jesus did it all on the cross when he died, but he made our, our salvation complete when he rose. And so it's really, really cool um, to think of it in those terms. So that's what we have to look forward to here in the book of First Corinthians. I'm really excited to, to jump into that. Let me close and pray, and then I'll give you some instructions about what's coming up next on the Zoom through the Bible study. Heavenly Father, God, thank you that you are a God that did defeat death, that you came down to this earth, that you gave your ministry, that you took all of our sins on your shoulders, that you died to cleanse them, and then you rose to be able to pull us into that lifeboat, Father. Lord, we thank you so much for that. And as we go into this Easter season, Father, may may it be a continual thing that we are continually thanking you for that and be retrospective on what you did for us on that cross. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Next time that we will meet for is going to be for a Good Friday service. Zoom through the Bible. Good Friday service will be Friday, April 2nd at 7 p.m. So next Tuesday, a week from today, we will not have our regularly scheduled Tuesday night Zoom through the Bible. Uh, next week is uh, Easter week. It's Passion Week. And good that Friday is Good Friday. So instead of having our service on Tuesday, we will have our service on Friday. And like I mentioned earlier, we will take communion together when we go through this service. So if you can get yourself some crackers and some juice, uh, we'll, we'll read the scriptures. Uh, we'll talk about how important communion is. And then we'll take those elements together as a study group, even as we are far away from each other. Uh, we will take them together. Um, I'm going to my plan is, is to sort of change up my camera angle so you can see me take it with my family as well that night. And I invite you to have your families with you. The other part of that is to invite a friend, uh, invite a friend to be a part of it. Uh, and with that, uh, let me see if this works. Uh, 
Oh, we have a social media uh, picture thing uh, that I'm not great at this stuff. I did this all on my own. It wasn't Noah's. This is not Noah approved, so hopefully he's okay with it. But uh, um, we have this little um, picture that you can use to um, to uh, invite somebody, put it on your social media feed, put it on your Instagram, put it on your story, whatever it is, just to let people know uh, what we're doing. So I'm going to, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to drop this in the chat, uh, the actual file. So if you want to grab this and, and use it, uh, it would be great uh, of you to do that and invite as many as you can to come out and be a part of uh, what we're doing um, on Good Friday. I want to make sure I can find the document. I'm sorry. It's just in alphabetical order. Why did that take so long? Sorry, guys. There it is. So it should be coming through. Um, it says sent successfully on my side. So hopefully it can. Did it come through? Thumbs up. Yep. All right. So if you want to go ahead and download that and use that, we'll we'll, we'll share it as well on the uh, Freedom pages. But uh, in in the next week to come, if we can get the word out and let's let's uh, let's pack this Zoom uh, on Good Friday. Let's talk about the. Uh, the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how important that was that that blood was shed uh, for our sins. We'll talk about that and we'll take communion that night together. So that's what's on the docket uh, for the next time that we meet. So again, not next Tuesday, next Friday, which is Good Friday, April 2nd. And uh, that is that is it. So I will see you all next Friday. Um, and, uh, I'll hang on here for a few moments if you have questions or, or need anything. Other than that, good night, everybody. Have a great evening. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a good evening. Hey. Am I still on mute? No. Okay.